thirst and every need, and you satisfy me with your love, and all I have in you is more than enough. You're my sacrifice of greatest price, still more awesome than I know.
please be seated. We will read today the 17th Psalm, a Psalm of King David. It is page 486 in your pew Bibles, or if you have a large print, it's in the Old Testament, page 670. Now, I know we've had a lot of new faces recently, so I do want to let you know why we do this, why I don't just read to you, and why I have you open up your pew Bibles. Now, I find that, well, sometimes I think we read and we understand better. We're all different. Some people do understand better if they don't follow along, if they just listen, so that I understand. But I always think it's a good time to practice opening up your Bible and finding the pages, even though I confess that very rarely, except for during Bible study, do I use my actual Bible, because a lot of the time... I use my apps on the phone. Uh, I will confess that. Yet it is still such a good practice to open up and to see, you know, how far into the Bible is the book of Psalms. So it's easier to find when you need to find it. Uh, and so that's why we do this. You get to open up, you get to practice, you get to uh, become familiar with knowing where you are in the Bible. And so if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? amen. We will read Psalm 17, a prayer for deliverance from persecutors. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From you let my vindication come. Let your eyes see the right. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will find no wickedness in me. My mouth does not transgress. As for what others do by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior, of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Guard me as the apple of the eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings from the wicked who despoil me, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They track me down. Now they surround me. They set their eyes to cast me on the ground. They are like a lion eager to tear a little young lion lurking in ambush. Rise up, O Lord. Confront them. Overthrow them. By your sword, deliver my life from the wicked, from mortals. By your hand, O Lord, from mortals whose portion in life is in this world. May their bellies be filled with what, they, with what you have stored up for them. May their children have more than enough. May they leave something over to their little ones. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied beholding your likeness. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We are a moment, you are forever. Lord of the ages, God before time. We are a vapor, you are eternal. Love everlasting, reigning on Praise. 
gracious God, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit, bless us with your power. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds. May all that we do and all that we say be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So who here watches the show This Is Us? Does anybody watch? Okay, good. I've got some hands. So you guys will know what I'm talking about. The rest of you, I'm sorry. I'm going to explain something for a second. So uh, I love that show This Is Us. It just makes me feel all good inside. And that makes me happy because sometimes we just need to feel all good inside, don't we? We need that. Uh, and so I like that show. But a couple episodes ago on This Is Us, there was Kevin, who's the, one of the main actors, and he's this like strappy, strappingly handsome actor who's you know in between jobs, uh, acting jobs, but he's been very successful. And he's at an AA meeting with his uncle, Nikki, and with uh, this one other new character in the show who's a more recent uh, veteran. And both of those veterans suffer from PTSD. And then you have Kevin, who uh, is, has gone through really not much in comparison for struggles, and he's just currently figuring out that he's in his late 30s and maybe his life isn't exactly where he wants it to be. And so they're in an AA meeting and Kevin just starts going on and on and on about all of kind of the problems that he's having. And then the other two who are sitting there in this meeting with him who are struggling with still debilitating PTSD just erupt into laughter. And then eventually he joins them in laughing when he realizes that his problems are really quite small compared to the problems of the others. But it's in this episode that I just kind of love. I, I love this idea that we all have problems. We all struggle with issues in our lives. We all have things that, that maybe are, are bumps in the road or maybe big catastrophic problems. But sometimes our little problems, our little bumps in the road, uh, feel a little bit like they are tremendous life-ending problems. Do you know what I mean? 
Sometimes we hit these times where maybe it's just a tiny bend in the road and we can't see what the outcome's going to be, or it's just maybe a little transition in our life, and we feel like that little transition is catastrophic, when there are other times when we really do have big and severe issues, when we have times where there's death that's unexpected or, or where there's trauma that's recurring in our lives, we have those times where the issues are really quite big. But the reality is, is that no matter what we're going through, whether it's one of those tiny little bumps in the road that feels big, but it's really not that big in the great span of things, or maybe it's some huge trauma, some recurring trauma, or some pain, all of us hit those times in our lives when we feel like the walls in our lives are crashing down around us. Give me a nod to your head if you've ever felt like those walls are just crashing down around you. You know why we all feel that way? Because we're human. <laughs> and as humans, we hit those times when we feel like the walls are just crashing down around us and even King David felt this way. This is one of my favorite psalms, or really it's not one of my only favorite psalms, but I love the psalms when David is upset, when he is angry, when he is sad, when he is stressed, and he pours out all of that fear and that anxiety and that anger to God. I love these psalms because how important is it for us to see this man who was so faithful and so devoted to God and so devoted to following God and not just having himself following God, but to have this huge job of leading a nation that can try to stay focused on God. Someone who has this great relationship with God, who has overpowered so many and done such amazing things. How powerful is it to see someone like that who still struggles with those bumps in the road? How powerful is it to see someone like that who still just gets overwhelmed sometimes and feels like life is unfair? It's powerful when we see someone who is so faithful and so devoted to God hit one of those problems where it feels like the walls are crashing down when we can see that when we hit those times in our lives, that doesn't mean that our faith isn't strong. When we hit those times in our lives when it feels like the walls are crashing down, that doesn't mean that we are not devoted to God enough. When we hit those times, it just means that we are human. King David was human, and we are human as well. And so I love this psalm, and, and here he is. He's lamenting to God, and he says, God, hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer. He is calling out to God, and he is saying, God, I need you now. God, I don't know what my future looks like right now, but God, I need you now. Have you ever just had that time in your life when you've turned to God and you've just prayed out loud, God, I need you now? Anyone? I, I remember in college, I have this friend, her mom was a pastor or is a pastor, and she spent her whole entire life singing in church. She's now a social worker in New York City, amazing young woman. But I remember her singing at our chapel service in college, and she sang this song, Lord, I Need You Now. And it was pretty much just that chorus going over and over, and that chorus was so powerful that it moved people to tears. Because there are times when we need God and where we need God now. Well, that's what King David is doing. He's calling out in this psalm saying, God, I need you now. I am in trouble. I, I have people who are coming to get me, and God, I need you now. 
And there are times in our lives where we just get overwhelmed with things, or maybe when other people start kind of attacking us, maybe it seems like it's unfair, and we end up getting that anger brewing inside of us. I love when kids talk about anger, because do you realize how honest kids are about their anger? Because they can't control it. A child cannot control their anger. My favorite thing, Walter's gonna, my kids are gonna hate that I use them as examples all the time when they get older, but they don't care quite yet. My favorite thing about like when Walter, when something's going wrong and he goes this is the worst day of my life <laughs> and I'm like oh yes and it could have been the best day of his life 20 minutes earlier but then something bad happens and it's the worst day of his life but kids are so honest about their anger but as we become adults we kind of are, are taught that some things are good and some things are bad and we try to figure out how to process our anger we're not always the best at it and so I realized that there's pretty much two main stereotypical ways that we process our anger. Whenever things seem to be going wrong, we either A, bottle it up inside, don't do a single thing about it, and let it fester inside, and we try to muscle through it. Please do me a favor and raise your hand if you're one of those people. Yep. Thank you for your honesty. Okay, I'm going to tell you, so thinking about veterans, my, my brother is a veteran from the uh, war in Afghanistan, and when he was over in Afghanistan, my mom, she was trying to be the strong one because really he's her stepson, so she's trying to be strong for her husband as their son is over in Afghanistan. And yet, of course, it's such a stressful time when you don't know, you know, you're waiting for those phone calls and, and you're waiting for that time to know that your son is okay. And so she didn't want to talk about it too much because she was trying to support her husband who was even more worried, you know, because that's his, his son, his flesh and his blood. And so she didn't say anything. And then she ended up with a lot of stomach ulcers and she went to the doctor and the doctor says, that's what happens when you internalize your stress. That's what happens when you're all upset and you don't let it out. And so instead, it changes your eating habits and then your stomach acid gets a little crazy and then before you know it your stomach acid starts eating the lining of your stomach and there you are with those stomach ulcers so for those of you who raised your hands if you do not want to end up with stomach ulcers know that sometimes there's other ways to deal with things like that okay now raise your hand if you're the kind of person who talks to whoever you can when when there's a stressful time in your life you just let it out and you start talking to people you know people who will listen raise your hand I'm gonna my hand is way up in the air yeah anybody like that we've got plenty of people that didn't raise their hand maybe you just fall somewhere in the middle now I see Dave sitting in the back there Dave's not you know you can say hi to Dave turn around Dave wave your hand see Dave so Dave is in church all the time Dave's in the church pretty much every single day and he's always in here doing lots of things. Now, Dave knows that whenever I, I'm taught something's on my mind, I talk to people about it. I even talk to Dave about it all the time, which is why I'm glad he's right there. You know, Dave's heard all, all these things that are going on. But a lot of times, whenever we're angry or upset or we're struggling with something or we're anxious about something, we either A, bottle it up inside, or B, we let it out. The problem with letting it out is sometimes when we let it out, we let it out to the wrong people. Anyone ever done that before? Maybe you let it out to the wrong people. Instead of finding those good and faithful people in your life, life like Dave, Dave's good and faithful, gotta love him, uh, you know, maybe we let it out to other people. And so sometimes we don't, we're not smart about who we let it out to, but there's always a third option that we sometimes forget about. There is a third option, and the other two, this is not mutually exclusive of the other two options, but there's a third option whenever we're dealing with anger or stress in our lives. There is a third person that we can turn to and that we can depend on. There's a third person who wants to walk with us in our pain, in our anger, and our stress. Somebody tell me who that third person is. Jesus. 
God. Now, it sounds to some people, especially the not faithful people, they're like, yeah, 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 talk to God about it. And it doesn't seem like anything to them. But I'm going to tell you that it can be so powerful to turn to God with our real and our raw emotions and to let God know what's going on in our lives. God already knows. But here's the thing about God that you might not have known is that God wants to be in a covenantal relationship with us. The whole entire Bible is about covenant. In the Old Testament, the covenant is between God and the people of Israel. In the New Testament, we learn that there's a new covenant, and the new covenant comes through who? Jesus. Good job. I'm just making sure you guys are awake. The new covenant comes through Jesus the Christ. But the whole entire point of this covenant with God is that God wants to be in a covenantal relationship with us. God wants to be in a covenant. God wants to be with us through all of our good times and our bad times. God actually cares about us and supports us and wants to be there for us, wants to hear our cries like King David did, wants to hear our joys and our sorrows and everything. God actually wants to be in a covenantal relationship with us. That's the whole message throughout the entire Bible. It's all about being in a covenantal relationship with God. I love when you open up Kings. At the beginning of the book of Kings, the first book of Kings, you know, they're looking for a king. They, they want a king. That's how we end up getting to King David. You know, but you, you, you know, they're looking for, uh, all the people are looking for a king. And then God says, well, why do you need a king? Why can't you just have me? So they, they get King David, you know, they have, or they, they have King David as a king, but at one point God's like, why can't you just turn to me? Why do you really need a king? Can't you just love me and love each other, and isn't that enough? But we're human, and us humans are just so messed up sometimes. But <laughs> anyways, so, so God wants to be in a covenantal relationship with us. Just think about it. Uh, it. Most of you here have children, whether they're still young or maybe they're grown. But when your child is sick or injured or hurt in any way, do you want someone else caring for your child, or do you want to care for your child? ourselves. We want to do it. Now, all of us know, I mean, even when you have those pukey nights, for those of us with young kids, those nights where your kid is throwing up, and who do they also end up throwing up on? Uh-huh. Am I the only parent that's ever been thrown up on before? You know, even when that happens, still, you wouldn't trade places with anyone for the world. When your child is going through something difficult, you want to be there for them. You want to care for them. And it goes the other way around, too. I remember when I studied abroad in France and I ended up with terrible, terrible food poisoning. And who did I want? My mom. I was a 20-year-old, and yet I still wanted my mom. It's the same idea with this parent-child covenantal relationship. It's the same idea that we have, which is what God is looking for. God is here for us. God wants to hear our pain. Somebody told me a little while ago that sometimes, they, one time they were just so upset that they cried out to God in an audible voice. And you know what they felt? Better. They felt better when they turned to God. Now, I love that we can learn that King David didn't have everything perfect for him. Because does anybody ever have a perfect life? 
No, I just spent all day Friday in a grief seminar, and one of the hardest things for people to deal with is grief is when, when their loved one just suddenly passes and they have no under, they don't expect it or it's too young. Of course, the largest grief, to, the hardest grief to, do, to deal with is, is burying a child at any age. And grief can be so, pain, so, so painful. So to see King David, who is this faithful, faithful person who still has these times of pain and agony and anger because he's human, to see him go through this should make us realize that even when we go through hard times, even when it seems like people are betraying us, even when things are extremely tough and extremely difficult, that does not mean that we are not faithful. Sometimes people think, well, well, if bad things are happening to me, then I'm not being faithful enough. I, if you ever think that, just listen to me. That's baloney, okay? If anybody ever tells you that bad things don't happen to good people, that is absolutely baloney. Don't listen to prosperity gospel preachers that might tell you something like that. Like that even king david a good and faithful man still he had times when his life was just too tough for him and he cried out to god so even if we're faithful sometimes life still sucks <laughs> pardon my language and that's about as bad as my language gets <laughs> but sometimes it's true so who's there for us in the good times and the bad God, this isn't some baloney. You know, one time, you know, sometimes people will be like, well, I don't want you just to, to pray about this. I want you to do something. Praying about it is doing something. Being honest and crying out to God is doing something. God loves us like a parent loves a child. God is with us in the good times and the bad when we mess up, God is right there with us, ready to get us back in track. We, need, we are overwhelmed by pain and grief. God is right there with us. God's a covenantal God. Isn't that good news? Let's join in a moment of praise. Good and gracious God. God of covenant, God of love, God of mercy. We thank you for being our God and for being there with us in the good times and the bad. We thank you, God, for loving us enough to forgive us when we get angry. We thank you, God, for being with us and walking with us even when we're going astray. We thank you, God, for being in relationship with us. Continue to be with us and to guide us. Take away our pain, heal our grief. Be with us now and always. We pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, the one who taught us of this covenant and the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power we stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the lord 